0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda, and Content Director, Rachel. Hey there. Hello. Hey. So this is going to be a great discussion. So how many of you have heard of the pink tax? So this is part of the conversation that's been going on the last few years about how products um, are separated by gender for men and women, and then there's a cost difference between them. And Amanda and Rachel have certainly noticed the disparity, as have I, and we thought it would be great to dig a little deeper and understand what's happening and how we can counteract this issue. So let's dive right in. And Amanda and Rachel, what I would like is to hear from you uh, to just begin What exactly is the pink tax, and where do we see it come from?
1: Well, the pink tax is the observation that women pay more for feminine products than men do for the same products. For example, women's razors tend to cost more than men's razors. We often see this in gender toiletries, the aforementioned razors, deodorants, shampoos, body washes, and other such products. We also find it in women's hygiene products tampons and pads, for example, in the infamous luxury tax. And it can be seen in toys for children.
2: Yeah, it's everywhere. And it's not just um, the products that women are paying for, it's services too. One study found that women who sounded uninformed over the phone were quoted a 6% higher price to replace a car radiator than men who acted similarly clueless. Um, However, I should mention that both men and women were quoted more than they should have been paying for that car radiator. <laughs> so,
0: so, don't, so don't be clueless. Do your Google search first.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely do. And and dry cleaning tends to cost 40% more for a women's shirt than it does for a men's shirt.
0: And when they smaller.
2: <laughs> exactly. And we so often hear jokes about how much more women's haircuts cost than men's. I mean, I've heard so many
1: jokes
2: that are similar, like women's clothing and everything else. It's just
1: where does it end? Why? Where does the price difference end? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to mention that um, there have been some studies on this too. About three years ago, in a survey of 800 products in New York City, it was found that in 42% of cases, women pay more than men do for essentially the same items. And if you want to know, um, that same survey found that the pricing was about the same in 40% of cases and that men actually paid more in 18% of products. And in another study from the 90s in California, they found that gender-based uh, pricing cost women more than $1,350 extra dollars each year. The pink tax is fairly prevalent and it costs women a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. Because I should also note that um, that that study you just uh, cited, Amanda, that one
2: thousand three hundred and fifty dollars extra paid extra each year. I'm sure that's gone up with inflation. Because now we're twenty five years, well, twenty ish years yeah. past that, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. How big, how big is that number now? Yeah, that you know, and it is. It's so true. I want to loop back to the razors because I, I, that's something I discovered when um after i was married and my husband he habitually would run out of things and then so he wanted to use my razors which were all these sort of pinky pastel colors um and so he used grabbed one and so and you ended up using my last one so i went to the store and i was going to have to replace both and i'm looking at the exact same chic brand sensitive skin razors and yet i found that his costs less and he got more per package and when I was actually and you can see the little pricing on the tags and I actually recently went in and photographed it at one of the local stores you could see the difference in the price point point. and for the the women's product because you got less quantity and you paid more it was almost a 50% increase in price to get the well, pastel colored ones. Wow. And I went, hey, teal is a great color. It works for me. Uh, and But that was really, and, and, you know, that was, but I began to recognize it in so many things. Like you said, all the toiletries and shampoos. Recently, my daughter had the same thing happen with headphones because she's got a smaller head. So she had to buy <laughs> the women's brand of the, you know, a major brand name, um, Had you know headphones, and yet they were more expensive than the the men's version, and it just enraged her. But she needed the smaller size to fit her head better. <laughs>
1: yeah. wow, that's crazy that it's smaller and costs more. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense, does it? Doesn't even make sense. Um, so although uh,
0: maybe it's because they don't manufacture as many, I mean there certainly could be some reasons, but let's go into that. Why would companies choose to price items differently depending on who's using them? And what's the reasoning um, behind the pink ta- the the pink
1: tax? Well, I think first of all, we should look at gender differences in general. So for much of modern Western history, our society has created different norms for men and women while other genders are largely ignored. Men are expected to look and behave a certain way. They should be strong and aggressive and leaderly and so on. Women, conversely, have been expected to look and behave in other ways that are more girly and passive and caring and agreeable. These societal norms have led directly to gendered products and product differentiation. Of course, clothing is very much gendered, not just due to those different gender roles, but also because of differences in the physical bodies of biological males and females. But this has grown to encompass other things, everything from toys to personal hygiene products, as we've been discussing.
2: Right. And you see those norms uh, frequently reflected in, in marketing. So the way products are marketed to men and women, is very different. Men's products come in different colored packaging than women's. And during the commercials, they have very different kinds of music playing in the background, very different ideals that um, we're being taught to live up to and, and work toward. So we see gender norms being um, ingrained in us e- even every day through all the advertisements, which are keeping us within this,
1: this paradigm of, of buying certain things, but not other things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what they're doing is they're feminizing certain products And I mean, that can make some sense depending on your perspective of gender roles. I mean, personally, I do like smelling like flowers more than wood spice, and I do like the color pink, and so I do kind of subscribe to the whole feminine ideal, I guess, but what what really bothers me um, especially is making them cost differently. That's a major issue because in cases where there are needed and clear differences, some cost differences can be explained, but what about things where the only difference is the color? And why are these price discrepancies nearly always in favor of men and costing women more? Frankly, sexism has been prevalent for centuries, at least. Mm -hmm. Women have historically not been taken seriously or been as respected as men. And these companies have historically been run by men. And they charge women more for the products marketed to them because they can get away with it. And they've been getting away with it for so long already. And Amanda, what
2: what you just said is amazing, but the question becomes why? Why can they get away with it? And I can't answer that. I don't know if you can answer that, Amanda or Lynn. I don't think any of us really do have the answer, though.
0: Well, um, one, yeah, I was going to I'm going to jump in. There's one thing that's really interesting, because women control over 20 trillion dollars in worldwide spending and 80 and percent of the consumer purchase decisions certainly in the U S are made by women. So we're buying the products, whether they're for men or for women, just like when I went to the grocery store to buy those razors, you Mm -hmm. know, some for me and some from my husband, Bruce. And I, that, you know, and I sort of saw that at that point. And there are a lot of products I feel that are, um, that aren't made the same, that aren't sort of unisex or genderless. All right. Because the same thing with the body lotion, when my husband and I got married, I just decided to switch to his. So we had, which was Eucerin, because then we used one lotion. It didn't make sense to me to buy two. And as time went on, I started doing that with more products. And so I ended up purchasing gender-neutral products so that you, you weren't paying that pink tax. But, Rachel, I, I, I jumped in on you. So what were you going to say about that? <laughs> well, yeah, so, I mean,
2: you sort of got to it, and I'll leave around back to you in just a second. Um one of the reasons I think companies do get away with the pink tax is the fact that men's and women's products tend to be segregated in the stores. So when you're shopping for razors and shampoos, most of us are pretty smart. We do compare prices, but we're comparing the prices of the products that are in front of us um, when we go to the section that we've been taught that we need to go to. And it often doesn't occur to us to look at the men's section to examine their prices unless you're, um, you did what Lindy, which is she was buying for both her hus- herself and her husband, and so she had to look at both prices. But I think that it's the fact that the products tend to be segregated um, that many people don't know about the pink tax. And I think it's the fact that most people don't know about it that is allowing companies to keep up the practice. Knowledge is power and I think that's a strong incentive for companies and for stores to segregate their products to keep women Paying more because they don't know that that's what's happening
0: Yeah, and in response to that women do have the power because of the purchasing Power and decisions that we do make and so I think that's a great point because they they often are even if they're in the same aisle they're they're separated in, in areas and um mm-hmm. And it does hurt us uh because of the impact on the cost, especially it, because we're paying more for essentially the exact same product it's just and if you notice um the actual quantity that's in the packaging, whether it's deodorant, whether it's shampoo, is less. Than it is for the men's product, so not only are you're paying a higher price point, but you actually get less for it, so your total cost is higher and mm-hmm. I want to answer one thing. I do think that sometimes uh there can be a cost differential if you're if you're if it's a specific scent because of the essence that could be used, so certainly like when you look at things like maybe it's rose scented that that's pretty common. Etc. But if you're looking at something that that's more exotic that may actually cost more it's sort of like spices in the spice aisle if you go to buy cinnamon There's cinnamon, but saffron wow the price differential between those two is like I don't know five hundred percent so there's a potential that 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 could impact it, but I don't think you're gonna see that unless you're looking at more specialized brands um, I don't know what you guys think, but I mean, we're of talking about how this pink tax affects us. It, it obviously for women, it affects our bottom line and we're continuing this to perpetuate this gender role um, onto our younger children. So it's really, to me, it is very important that we care about it and that we consider it an issue. So Amanda and Rachel, what are your thoughts? Well, I think you're right, Lynn. It
2: definitely affects us. Maybe paying a few extra dollars here and there doesn't seem like a big deal in the moment, but it adds up. Women are already earning somewhere between 61.6% and 93.5% of what white men earn, and that depends on the race of the woman. And that high number, that 93.5%, is Asian women against white men, but Asian women still only earn 75.5% of what Asian men do, and this is all according to the Institute for Women's Policy, Research 2018 report on the gender wage gap. A woman without a college degree, and like I said, everything adds up, not just the dollars that you're spending, but the the difference in what you're earning. So a woman without a college degree is going to accumulate $531,502 of lost wages by the time she reaches 59 And a woman with a college degree will lose even more $797,238 of lost wages because she's a woman. And that's before that number Amanda quoted earlier that $1,350 women pay extra each year due to the pink tax or whatever that number is with 20 years of inflation. So basically, women are already losing a ton of money to the wage gap. And the pink tax worsens this already abysmal state of affairs by adding an extra financial burden there doesn't need to be. There's no good reason for that financial burden to exist.
1: Exactly. And based on all the stats that you just shared, Rachel, the pink tax is indeed a huge financial cost to us. It also speaks to a larger issue of sexism and enforced gender roles. I I mean, it's ridiculous that women still earn less than men, still pay more than men, and are still, in many ways, judged more harshly than men. Women are expected to quite literally, buy into these expensive gender norms, and women who don't are often seen as less than. It's a lose-lose situation where women and those who prefer or are expected to use feminine products can't win. The economics of sexism is something that needs to be taken seriously, and we need to work to change it.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. Go ahead, Rachel.
1: <laughs> well,
2: it may not Sorry. While it may not be as sexy, quote unquote, of an issue as things like violence against women or female genital cutting, tackling the economic oppression of women is every bit as important as, if not even more important than the issues I just mentioned. Sure, women in the developed world largely have more economic freedom than women in other parts of the world, but that is absolutely no excuse to ignore the oppression that goes on here and will continue to go on here unless we we take a look at it and really fight it.
0: Right, right. And so with the power that women have as consumers, which is tremendous, you know, how can we counteract this pink tax? And what are some ways that you guys would both suggest that we fight against it or we work, obviously, we're going to work towards putting it (laughs) underground, right? Burying it, making it dead, never to come back. So what what do you guys (laughs) think?
2: Well, so here's the thing. I, I take a bit of an issue with the idea that it's on the individual consumer to change a system like this because no one person's going to be able to do it. And Lynn, I know that you mentioned that women control something like 20 trillion dollars, um, but women are not a monolith and we're not going to be able to get all women to to start buying a certain way. But I think that there are a couple of things that each individual can do to help themselves or even make some kind of difference on a larger scale. So one thing that you can do is seriously question the gender norms and roles that are part of your life. So maybe you stop shaving your legs, or maybe you just start buying products to market toward men like Lynn did. And while that can make some differences in your life and your wallet, that actually and that can be an amazing thing, it does very little to change the current system because a lot of us aren't ready or willing to let go of certain gender norms. Amanda mentions that she likes smelling like flowers and wearing pink. And I want to emphasize that there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with femininity and wanting to keep your long, luxurious hair that no men's barber is going to know how to handle. (laughs) So like I said, you can question your gender norms. You can also look into buying from companies that explicitly make their products with equal pricing between men and women there aren't some small online companies doing this um, so you can look into that and then of course there's activism you can call on your elected officials to make the pink tax illegal you can organize as many of your friends and neighbors as possible to start buying by from these equality driven companies or just buying the products marketed toward men there's a lot of power in that 20 trillion dollar purse but There's only so much power depending on the size of your individual purse to begin with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Rachel. In terms of fighting the pink tax, I think it comes down to your own goals on how you want to do that. Do you want to overcome it on a personal level? If so, then rejecting some aspects of gender norms and using the masculine products may be the right choice for you. You're winning, at least. But if you want to fight the system at large, I think we need to draw a lot more attention to this issue. We need to put pressure on companies to change their ways or choose to only use products from companies who do, as Rachel mentioned. I think we also need to fight for laws to protect equality and eliminate the so-called pink tax. In 1996, California became the first state to enact laws to make gender-based pricing illegal. And I think we need to enact similar laws across the country and across the world. We need big changes and people rallying together to make them may be the only way to get there.
0: Here, here. Yeah. You know, and a big state like California, huge population state that has long term and rippling effects because it affects companies who want to. Everybody wants to do business in California. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you're going to send your product, sell your products there, it's going to force them um, to make changes that that other Um, States and long-term other countries can benefit from and I agree. I mean, definitely making sure that this is a topic that's that just like we are. We're talking about it and we're starting to do and take action on it. And um, so this totally random thing, but I actually stopped shaving um, in the fall. And so I'm at that point where I have to decide is now we're entering summer do I go ahead and shave or do I just not? Because my daughter don't has do it. I stopped yeah, shaving I over a year ago. You don't need yeah. it. <laughs> I know my daughter stopped has never shaved. And I'm going, like, gosh, do I really even need to start this up? But there's a another part of me that as a woman, I, it's been it's like been ingrained and trained in me that, that somehow I'm supposed to do this. And so it's definitely. I can, you know, there's this con this quandary. And at the end, I agree with Mm -hmm. both of you what you said, you have to own it for yourself. And if you decide that, that you'd rather go ahead and shave because it just makes you feel like you blend in better that that is okay. You know, if you because it's not necessarily caving, you do have to decide, you know, where you're at. And if you have that, that gumption, as I like to say, and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to shave, but you know, I don't want to go back to that. Right. And and I can go out of the house all the time without makeup on at all. I'm totally, you get used to doing it and it's like, it's no big deal anymore. It's like, I don't care. Um, Sorry, but I still put that's the war paint on for major
1: meetings, but I think yeah, that yeah, that's I, mean, I do the same thing piece. with makeup. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I happens. used to always feel like I needed yeah. to wear makeup when I left yeah. the house. And at some point in the last five years, I was like, you know what? I'm not, that ugly. I can go out of the house without and I
2: feel
1: fine. <laughs> so I mean, I still put it I mean, on. <laughs> even if you are ugly, even if you are ugly, we don't exist
2: to be visually appealing.
1: So, <laughs> oh, sure. although yeah, again, if like people, like women are taught that they that they need makeup to look good, but we don't. I mean, men don't need it, so why should women, right? I mean, yeah. if you want to wear makeup sometimes, do it. I mean, it, it's fun to look pretty, and I do that sometimes. But a lot of the times, I just Makeup is not a necessary part of my life, at least not on the day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. Although, again, if
2: if you're someone who does like to wear makeup, because I think I look pretty with makeup, and I like <laughs> feeling pretty. Um, yeah. And maybe you really like having your smooth legs, because, I mean, that freshly shaven leg feeling, ah, this, that's so nice. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so, you know, do whatever you want.
1: Um, yeah yeah i mean and you don't find that was important to you either i mean you can choose to reject it on some days and not on other days so yeah well the great
0: thing is is having just what we're doing we're having a conversation about this and when you have a conversation about it it brings it up to the it bubbles it up and then you can start making decisions and as time goes Mm -hmm. by some of those decisions you're going to say well I wasn't okay with it back then but now I don't really care and you just start, you know, and you yourself transform and that's part of our own personal growth. Um so I think this is a great topic and I want to thank you both Amanda and Rachel so much for sharing your insights and ideas. This was terrific conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad thank we you have so a much to talk about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's what we're here for. And I want to thank our audience who joined us t- for today's podcast and remind you that next week we're going to have another terrific dialogue at Petite Queen. And if you would like to learn how to quickly achieve your goals with our proven strategies for success, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms. And of course, if you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at join the conversation at PetiteDeQueen.com. Thank you for joining us today.